Hi, thanks for joining us to listen to another message from Rumley Chapel in Cardiff, UK. If you'd like to know more about the chapel, then visit us online at rumleychapel.org or look us up on social media. Enjoy the message. It's really good to be here again after a long time, actually, uh, partly because of lockdown and all sorts of other reasons. But um, yeah, it's a blessing, and thank you for inviting me to come and share. Um, as Mike uh, said, um, we are just in the point of reopening Bethania as a full-time prayer house for the city. This is something that God got hold of me for about six or seven years ago, uh, to have a place for prayer. Um, we love buildings that are for the community and everything but and we tried to get lots of grants when we did refurbishment of our building but the only one we got was uh, to maintain it as a place of worship so I was trying to get I was getting the hint that this is what God wanted for us at Bethania so I just wanted just to say that really that we're about to do that we do a lot of praying for the city have a lot of relationships across the city and two things God spoke to us about just recently is Firstly, about building a canopy of prayer over the city, um, that if all the churches are praying and people are praying, we can start to change the atmosphere in this city and make room for Jesus to come. So um, that's kind of my vision, our vision, and um, I'm sure through Mike and the other leaders here, they'll explain a little bit more about what we'll be doing together. I hope, hopefully we'll be doing some things together, which as Mike said, we've been doing over the years. So I wanted to talk a bit about the kingdom of Jesus to you this morning. Very exciting subject and very relevant because that's what Jesus talked about all the time he was on earth. He talked about the kingdom. Um, Now as you come to a good gospel church here, I'm sure you all know about being born again um, and the importance of that. Uh, Probably some churches I would go to, I might have to explain what that means. Um, But as you know, when Jesus started out, he talked to this old guy called Nicodemus very religious person and told him he had to be born again which was a bit of a shock because he didn't understand how how can I be born again and he was talking about a new birth uh, into the kingdom and a birth by the spirit and I don't think he still got it but he knew Jesus was speaking something special to him it was all about a new start but that's only the beginning that's the entry point of uh, coming into God's kingdom and I just wanted to uh, Really this morning, just share some thoughts with you. Maybe we can pray at the end um, on that subject for those of us who feel that we want to get more of the kingdom of Jesus. Um, what Jesus started off by saying when he was speaking to the people, he said, the kingdom of heaven is really close. And they were probably looking around, well, what was going on? Is there going to be a revolution? Who's going to come in with the guns? Who's going to overthrow the Roman Empire? Um, he was giving them a hint that really it was with him. He was bringing the kingdom. And people sensed that when Jesus was close, something was changing. Like I said earlier, in the atmosphere of Galilee and the city and all around Jerusalem, wherever, wherever he ministered. And so wherever Jesus is, his presence is. And, and I sense this morning, this is a place where Jesus is because God's people gather together. Um, and even in his darkest hour, Jesus never said that his kingdom was anything other um, than a kingdom of peace and a kingdom of of his presence. This is what he said right at the end of his time on earth to Pilate. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. 
If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting. Um, now this was so totally different because every kingdom, and we all know there's lots of wars going on even today, and there's an assumption that it will always come in by fighting, by revolution. But Jesus brought in a kingdom 2,000 years ago that is still changing the world without guns and without fighting. Now some people who follow Jesus misunderstood his message and they have been fighting, but it never worked. Um, it was always a different kind of kingdom. I just wonder whether this morning some of us feel that we're fighting, fighting the world around us, fighting illness, fighting problems, fighting pressures in this world. You know, we're not necessarily all having to fight with, with the weapons of guns, but sometimes we are fighting against the system, you know, that all may seem to be against us. Jesus talked in terms of the kingdom being at hand, almost in the sense that you can breathe the kingdom in. And you know, towards the end of his time, Jesus breathed on his disciples and he brought them peace into their lives. So before I go any further, I I'm just going to ask us just to pause a moment. And if you feel that you're fighting at the moment and things are a little bit different, I just want you to breathe in the presence of Jesus. You know, be before I believe he began to teach anything, just him being there, just knowing God's presence made a difference. I don't think Nicodemus understood what Jesus was saying about being born again, but he knew he was in the presence of something that he'd never experienced before. So I just want you to close your eyes at the moment, and I, and I want you just to breathe in the Spirit of God, the presence of God. And as you breathe out, I want you to breathe out any pressures that you are feeling. And this is an act of faith. You know, you are just breathing like you do all the time. <laughs> when you stop, you're dead. <laughs> well, this is something you do all the time. But this time I want you to consciously breathe in the presence of Jesus. Breathe in his peace. Breathe in his comfort. And as you breathe out, breathe out all the pressure. The struggle that you're feeling. Release it to him, because he is the Lord of life. So just a, a, just a few moments more, breathe in his presence, his peace. He is at hand, he is close. Breathe out the pressures, the fighting. You know, every time I do that, it makes me feel better. <laughs> I hope you feel better too. It's a good practice to do. Uh, you know, people tell you to do breathing exercises, but this is breathing plus. This is breathing in the presence of Jesus. Um, I want to um, read a scripture from the Old Testament. You may not have come across this before. You might have done, but I think it's a lovely one. It's from the book of Hosea, one of the Old Testament prophets. And I'm going to read verses 14 to 17 of chapter 2 and verses 19 to 23. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Then I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. It will come about in that day, declares the Lord, that you will call me Ishi, and you will no longer call me Baali, for I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, so that they will be mentioned by their names no more. 
I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and in compassion. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know the Lord. And I will come back to that scripture a little bit later on. But uh, I think those words, they're kind of like a love poem that God is speaking to his people, very intimate. And they're words to draw us, as I was saying earlier, into his presence. So entering into this kingdom of Jesus starts with new birth. But it means that we have to go through a change, a change of rulership, a change of ownership, a change of king, a change of whoever is in control of our lives. And um, Jesus announced his manifesto. I don't know if you know what the word manifesto means. It's a word politicians use when they're talking about, um, we want you to vote for us, and this is what we're going to give to you. Well, this is what Jesus said. Um, um, he said a few amazing things uh, in his home synagogue in Nazareth. He said, he said um, I am bringing good news for the poor. Dressing the, the wounds of the brokenhearted. Freedom for captives. Comfort and joy for those who mourn. Beauty for ashes. A garment of praise for a spirit of despair. So he was offering an exchange. And I, uh, the first point I want to say to you is that coming into the kingdom of, of heaven is all about an exchange. It's all about um, throwing away some old things and getting some new things. Um, it's amazing that uh, Jesus uh, did not try to deal with all the problems that he saw around him uh, by addressing them. What he brought was something completely different. He brought a whole new agenda, a whole new way of thinking of things. And it's a bit like, um, I used to like football as a kid, but I was never very good. Um, and we used to have a local team uh, where I came from up north called Tramir Rovers. And um, I was an Everton supporter because my grandfather used to take me to watch them when I was a kid. And when the players were, were doing quite well, um, used to get good, they used to get transferred to Everton or Liverpool. And when Everton and Liverpool had finished with them, they went back to Tranmere Rovers again. Um, and so I feel that it's a little bit like coming into the kingdom, it's a bit like uh, me as a kid suddenly being transferred into a Premier Division football team or playing for Tranmere Rovers, you're suddenly in a different league. And so you know what the word transfer means, it's literally you're moving from one place to another. It's not about a gradual change, it's about something that happens um, and often a lot of money is paid. But do you know that to be transferred into the kingdom of heaven, a price has been paid beyond all prices, beyond money, beyond wealth. It's the price that Jesus paid on the cross when he died for you and me. He paid the price in his blood that we could be transferred into the kingdom of life. God the Father knew uh, how difficult it was going to be. And I wonder whether you can imagine a discussion in heaven. What price do you think we will have to pay to, get these, to rescue these people from darkness into life? And then you can imagine maybe Jesus saying, I will go. Maybe he didn't know what he was going to have to do because at one point he said, will you take this away from me, Father? But he did nevertheless pay that price for us to be transferred. And this is how Paul puts it in Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we've been taken out of the domain of darkness. 
It's no use battling darkness with darkness, trying to make it a little less light. You have to come into the light. And he's taken us out of the domain of darkness. He's lifted us out. Um, the stories that we've been hearing about um, Afghanistan, and uh, my parents would tell me the story about Berlin in the Second World War, um, how people were airlifted out, weren't they? They've been airlifted out of a war-torn, terribly difficult uh, country, and they were all desperate to get on the plane so they could come over to, to Britain and other countries and have a new life and a new start. Well, it's a little bit like that for us. Sometimes, we, you know, you think... Uh, you can read the books about how can I improve my life? Should I diet? Uh, should I be more fit? Should I do this? Should I do that? And they all have their benefits. But sometimes we need to be taken out of the life that we were living in. We need to be transferred out of the darkness that we were going through and put into a new place. Um, I mean, sometimes it's just not, you just can't make that change, can we? You know, and we, and we might read magazines and look at social media and... and you might follow people on Instagram that seem to have wonderful lives and how they've changed through doing this, that and the other. Um, but I tell you, Slimming World, I'm sure, would have gone out of business years ago if it had worked. Uh, because then no, no one would, be, would need it anymore. But it keeps going because we have to keep coming back. But the good news is, it's a bit like being taken out of Afghanistan by those big planes, those jumbo jets. When we come to Jesus, we can be taken out of the life that we lived in. And it doesn't depend on you and me. It doesn't depend on our willpower, our strength, our ability, how clever we are. It totally depends on him. And that is my story. You know, years and years ago, I knew that God lifted me out of a, a lonely life and put me in a new place. Uh, which is an amazing thing, isn't it? And the kingdom of Jesus is a kingdom of redemption, which is the same word as being rescued, and forgiveness. Um, if you need to be forgiven today, you were forgiven on the cross. But we have to receive it. It's one thing saying there is a rescuer. I like to think of Jesus like an air sea rescue helicopter that comes over you as you're drowning in the sea. And down goes the rope and it's going to pick you up. It's one thing in being there. But the, other, the, the only thing we have to do is to grab hold of that and be allowed to be taken out. And the tragedy is that some people don't want to. Because Jesus said, uh, well, John said in, in the gospel, men love darkness rather than light. Well, how is that possible? Yet it is possible. And that's the, that's the choice that we have. What about this, dom this domain of darkness? Uh, what is all I want to spend uh, just a few minutes talking about the domain of darkness and what it means. Because if we want to be taken out of it, we have to know what it is that we're being taken out of. And I want to go back to that passage that we we read earlier and some un, uh, unusual words were used there. They t uh, the words, you will no longer call me Bali, which means master or lord. You will call me Ishi. So what's all that about? Some of you may know the story and you may know what it means. Well, I'm going to explain it uh, for those of us maybe that's a little bit new to us. So this word means, um, means the word Bali means master, lord, and it's it talks about ownership rather than sovereignty. In other words, it talks about somebody who owns you, who controls you. And there are 121 references in the Old Testament to, to the Baals or the Baals, whichever you, way you want to uh, uh, sort of describe them. This, this was the God of the enemies of Israel. So when Israel 
the Old Testament people were coming into the promised land. They came into a land of people who had foreign gods. And these gods were called Baal. And these gods were the enemies of God's people. But the bad news was, was that even though God had the answer to it and he was much more powerful, these, uh, these, this God inf infected and invaded God's people. And you know the God of this world can infect and invade God's own people. Even you and I here today, we can be infected by that. So what is this domain of darkness and who is this Baal? Well, I believe first it's a spirit of control and deception. Anything which controls us, that we don't feel we have the power to get rid of, or that we, we feel it's deceived us, we've been conned. You know, you hear stories all the time about people getting conned, don't you know? Have you ever been conned? I've very nearly fallen through a few scams. You know, when you know, you're about to press the button and then go, hang on a minute. You know, they're going to take all my money if I press this button. Um, master means, it means control, it means dominance, it means oppression, and it means deception. And it speaks of oppressive regimes. Um, and it can happen not only in nations, it can happen in families. You know, there's so many stories around about abuse in families where somebody is being dominated by another person in the family. It could be physical, but it could be mental as well. And um, we have to understand that this is the domain of darkness. If something is controlling you today that you feel you can't get out of, this could be this Baal spirit, this person who is trying to manage it. And it might be a person, but it's the spirit behind it. How did God choose to rescue his people? Because if you get caught in deception, or you're under con the control, it could be an addiction, it could be a person, it could be all sorts of different things. It could be debt. Um, how, do you get, how do you get out of that? And how, what was God's strategy? Uh, did he have a go at them? Did he say, you know, you shouldn't be living like this, you should change and everything? He didn't do it that way. He did it in a completely different way. He said... You will not call me barley. I am not a God who controls and dominates. I'm not going to demand things of you the way these gods do. Because I'm a different kind of God. I'm a God who loves you. I, I, I want you to think of me as Ishi. And what does Ishi mean? Um, Ishi means husband. Which is quite a different word. Now, that might not be a very good word for some, some of you even here today. You might have not had good experiences of husbands, but God wanted to show his people a different way and a way of, of, of thinking about things. And we are rescued not by somebody who comes and is even more dominating and stronger. We are rescued by someone who treats us gently and with respect. And he says, uh, says at the beginning of the words that I spoke earlier, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness, and speak kindly to her. So the first thing God wanted to do was take, them, take the people out from under the control that they were living under, all the pressure and all the problems that they had, um, and take them into this kind of wilderness place. Now you may think, well, um, when, I, when I become a Christian, did I mean I have to leave all these things I used to enjoy behind? Well, yes, for a while you do, because you have to come into a place where um, you can hear what God is saying to you. So if you're going through that right now and you think, oh, you know, I'm having to move away from the... Although the kingdom of darkness is a horrible place, there's something I quite like, I found attractive about it. It kind of 
like stimulated you know my my senses and all sorts of things like that um, but what God did was he took the people out of Egypt which was full of gods false gods etc and he brought them into this world in this place so he could speak kindly to them and he did that by drawing them with love and I believe that's what Jesus did when he walked on the earth and was starting his kingdom going he was the people were drawn to follow him because he was offering something totally different from the way that they were living before you know it was something that first of all they had to give up things but then he was speaking kindly to them so he spoke words of he brought the people into the wilderness and he spoke words of kindness words of promise and then there was this interesting phrase um, which uh, is there in uh, verse 15 I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor is a door of hope well these are words of promise because if you're in the wilderness you can't well so what, where are the vines where's the, where's the grapes I don't see any you know I'm in a wilderness in a desert place but he began to speak words of promise and we're, as God's people we receive things by faith and you know if God's speaking to you today you might not see it straight away all around you. You might not see the vines growing and the, the grapes and, and everything else. But he's speaking to you words of promise. He's changing your mindset. And because it's God speaking to you, he has the way of bringing it about, which is really tremendous. And it will happen. So he said, I will give you vineyards from there, from that wilderness place. And the valley of Achor, uh, a door of hope. Now this um, is an interesting one because this goes all the way back to when the people first came out of, uh, of Egypt and there was this guy called Achan uh, who they were, they were conquering, they were doing really well then he decided he wanted to have some of the goods for himself and he hid them and it became a source of trouble and the people got defeated there and you know sometimes uh, we can find ourselves that we're taking things for ourselves or we think, we think nobody's noticing because we're doing things we shouldn't do you know, behind the back of others. But you know, even there, God said, the valley of Achor, the place of trouble, the place of deception, the place where you went wrong will become a door of hope. So even today, if you're going wrong and you feel, um, and, may, and we all have these times, I'm going on the wrong track. I'm actually getting trapped in something I shouldn't be in. And the last thing I, I must do is let any of the leaders in the church know or other people around me. I've got to keep up the pretense of what I'm doing. Um, in the end, this guy got found out. But when God was speaking kindly to his people in this prophecy, he was saying, that very place where you went wrong, uh, where things went bad for you, is going to be a place of hope. It's going to be a door. And that, that is a door into a new kingdom. So he brings her into the wilderness. He speaks words of kindness. He speaks words of promise. And the valley of trouble, the place of defeat, becomes a door of hope. And Ishi, the husband, um, his actions are so different from the Baals, the gods uh, of the enemies of Egypt. He will act in righteousness and justice. I will betroth you to me. It's a... It, you know, it's quite an intimate thing, isn't it? It's quite difficult for a bloke to get this idea, I know, for you blokes out there. Um, but this idea that as God's people, we are like the bride of Christ. And he treats us uh, with respect and with honour. And 
when he's calling God's people out, he's calling them with love, not with control. And not, even though there's no one more powerful in the universe than our God, yet he's chosen to woo us, to draw us with love and not with power. So he said, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and compassion. So that's the action. And then in love, in faithfulness and in knowledge. So we have a God who rescues us from the domain of darkness, control, oppression and deception. Not by resources or by effort. And we've been transferred into the kingdom of freedom where wounds are treated, uh, a kingdom where we receive joy instead of pain and suffering, where we, we receive beauty instead of ashes. And you know today that you are a beautiful people. You, know, you are a beautiful people because that is the promise of God. Um, ashes is uh, what they used to do when people were in mourning. You might have seen it in some cultures, they put ashes on themselves. And you might see ladies in Mediterranean countries wearing black. All, you know, when their husband dies, they'll wear black for the rest of their lives. Well, God is saying, well, you don't need to wear black any longer. Because I'm taking you out of that place of mourning. And I'm bringing you into a place of joy and beauty. By an act of betrothal. By an act of redemption through Jesus and everything that he's done for us. And you know, this is the message for the world. Um, um, I, like you guys here, um, ever since the pandemic began, have been involved in community work, you know. Uh, I remember some of you from the school. I'm still in the school, but you're glad to be out of it. But uh, I'm still there. I don't think we get out of Eastern High School that difficult, that easily. Um, but we've been involved in, in helping the community through uh, food projects, and then we're just opening a pantry, food pantry in Trowbridge. But it was interesting to me that... Um, Jesus, um, when he talked about the poor, those that are in need, he said, um, it's good news, it's the gospel that's given. And I actually believe that whatever situation we're in, we need something more than bread. We have to do that. It's part of the message that we do, is to give food and help. But there's more to it than that. We, where do we get hope from? Where do we get the idea that things could be better? Where do we get rid of the depression? How do we get rid of the addiction? Well, I believe that there needs to be a breaking of the power of the enemy uh, in our communities and in our situation. So I'm going to, um, let, let's, let's pray, shall we? I, mean, I, I don't know the situation that, that you're in. It might be that uh, you feel at the moment that darkness is kind of coming over you. Uh, even though you think, well, I shouldn't be because I believe in Jesus, but I find it hard to fight the darkness. Um, but it's important to know that even if you've been born again, we have to learn how to live in a different kingdom. So let's pray, shall we? Let's pray and then we breathe in again. We are breathe in the presence of Jesus. So we're breathing in the fact that he loves us, that he knows that we go wrong. Uh, he knows that sometimes we're drawn into darkness. Uh, he knows that uh, sometimes uh, we, we get tempted and we do the wrong things. Uh, but he has literally rescued you and he's rescued me. So Father God, we come before you now. And uh, we just thank you um, for this church and this people, Lord. We thank you for this moment.
But we do know, Lord, as we step out of here, we're stepping out into the world. We're stepping out into our lives. We're stepping out into all sorts of different situations. And we just ask you, Lord, now, Lord, we want your kingdom to go with us as we go out. We want to carry your presence as we go out um, of this place today. We want to know that we've been transferred. We might feel like a bottom of the division football player, but we know you've, we've tr been transformed into your glorious kingdom. And, and you've transferred us. You've the one that said, this is where I want you to be. So, uh, Lord, we just pray now. We just ask you uh, to be with us, to bless us, to carry us into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen.